CE. Happy Ladies' Day. We are so excited that you joined us today. And I hope that you're getting to watch this special service with a special lady in your life. We're so excited to have you. And there's so many ways to get connected at Church Experience. If you have any questions, comments, or anything at all, feel free to check us out at churchexperience.tv connect. We have so many opportunities on that website, like life groups, serving teams, and so much more. We promoted today as Ladies' Day, and it's really interesting to watch all the single dudes today because you got the single guys who are looking around like, should I be here? <laughs> and then you got the other single guys who are like, that's why I came. <laughs> it's Ladies' Day. I-, I showed up. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, this is the place to be to meet your future wife. And women, this is the place to be to meet your future husband. But all the ladies that I know in my life, I'll tell you what, the thing that I think of when I think of women is hard working. You you deserve a day. So happy Ladies' Day, mothers. Happy Mother's Day to you. Can we just clap our hands for the ladies in our life? Come on, let's let's give it up. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what, when I I think of women, again, I think of of the, the work effort. When I watch my mom that raised myself and two other brothers, when I watch my wife who is helping me raise our four kids, when, when I watch the mothers that I know, the, the women that I know, this is, this is what I think of. I think of hard work. They're always preparing, always working hard, always taking care of other people. When I was in high school, I, I'll tell you what, my mom would drop me off for basketball practice or she'd drop me off for school and I would walk 10 steps away from our vehicle. And I'm telling you, every, every time I just turned around and there was that window rolling down. Because every time she'd be like, hey, Brandon, don't forget this after school today. Or, hey, Brandon, did you, did you remember this? You, you grabbed your book, right? She's always trying to prepare me for whatever was next. Always trying to take care of us. And, and mothers, that's, that's what you do. Ladies, that's what you do. I, I see it all the time. You're always working hard, taking care of others, whether it's, preparing lunch for your elementary school age child to make sure that they're well fed during school. Do you, do you guys remember trading your lunches in elementary school? Do you, do you remember that? Hey, I'll give you this sandwich for your cookies and your drink. And you remember the, the food swap in the lunchroom? Well, mothers, you made that possible. And, and, and mothers, preparing your your child, parents preparing your child for the college entrance exams and studying with them, staying up late with them when they're sick. I mean, there's so many things that we're just thankful for. In fact, we literally can say, mothers, we would not be here without you. <laughs> it's literally true. But I, when I think of mothers specifically, I think of all the preparation. I think of all the hard work, all the intensity that they put into making sure their children are ready. Do you know that you have a heavenly father who's always working, always preparing you for your future, not only in this life, but in the one to come? 
It's absolutely true. That's, that's one of his roles in our life. He's always working, always preparing. He's a master planner. He's a master builder. You thought the master builder was over in Orlando at, at Legoland, but, but God is the master builder, the master preparer. And I want to point you to Ephesians chapter 2 today if you want to power on your Bible. Open it up, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared. Somebody say prepared. That's right. He prepared in advance for us to do. So, so God prepared this special work for you to do. He has work for you to do. He has things that he wants to do in your life and through your life, greater things than you could possibly imagine, but he has work for you to do. Did you catch that? It says he's prepared these works for you. Maybe you want to write this down today. God prepared meaningful work for me. Meaningful work. He's prepared meaningful work for you to do. Now, some people think that work is a dirty word. Like, I don't want to work. Work's a bad thing. I'm just trying to get through work so that I can get to what I really want to do. But did you realize that work was actually a gift from God? It entered the world before sin did. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work it. Come on, say work it. <laughs> Come on, say work it. Yeah, to, to work it. He put us in the, in, in the garden, in the land, to work it and take care of it. But then sin came. And that work that was meant to be fulfilling and meaningful in our lives, it turned to toilsome labor. Through the sweat of our brows and digging in the dirt and, and building and constructing. I mean, it became a toilsome labor, something that we did to survive. But the amazing thing that happens when Jesus comes into your life, he, he transforms your, your broken relationship with your Father in heaven, the God who created you and prepared you for the life and the future that he has for you. Not only does the gospel uh, reconcile our relationship with our Father in heaven, but check this out. It also restores all of our relationships. In time, through God's power and by his grace, it restores all of our relationships. So not only... Can it heal our relationship with God? It can heal relationships with others that are broken, but also it can heal our relationship to work. It, it can redeem the work in our lives. Follow me on this. God can transform our work instead of something that we do just to survive to something that's filled with, with divine purpose. God can make our work something that is meaningful. To where we're working for him, no matter what our career is, no matter what you actually do with your hands and your mind and your body, your work becomes work for him. Not for yourself, not for somebody else, not for a paycheck, not just to get by, not just to do something, but your work is for God. It's an amazing thing that God does to redeem our work when we come into a relationship with Jesus, he changes it. It's no ordinary purpose now. It's a divine purpose in everything that we do because we're doing it for God. R write this lesson down. Work is a gift from God, and it's my gift to God. 
So whatever it is that you do, listen, this is amazing. I can worship God through my work. It's going back to the way things were in the garden before sin. God says, work the land, care for it. And at that time, man walked with God through the garden. There was this intimate relationship, and the work was part of the relationship. It was, it was part of our worship. It was something that God created when the world was as it should be. Some of you think that, well, if I could just get rid of work, then life would be as it should be. No, no. You show me somebody who lacks purpose, and I'll show you somebody who's quickly drifting towards a very dark place. We were meant for purpose. We were meant to work. The goal in life is not to work so much that you no longer need to work. In fact, some people who retire and they don't do anything, you, you see their health really quickly spiral downward. Because we're not made just to sit around and watch a screen all day. We're not meant just to, to coast and float through life. Now, your purpose doesn't always have to be hard, difficult work with your hands. You know, at some points in your life, it, your purpose might be investing in others and, and training other people and pouring your life into them. It, there's so many different things that God can do through the work of your hands, through the work of your mind and your body. But listen, you're meant for a purpose. You're meant for work, and God has prepared did you see that in Ephesians? He's prepared a work for you. He's prepared you for, for good works. It's a, an amazing gift. It's, it's a gift from God. But listen, it's also my gift back to him. It's one of the ways that I worship God is, is through my work, is putting my best into whatever it is that I labor at and say, God, I'm doing this for you. I'm not doing it for the paycheck. I'm not doing it for any other person. I'm doing it for you. You're my purpose, for your pleasure to worship you. It's a restoration of work and our relationship to work. Because listen, if this is not right in your life, then you're going to be drawn into all kinds of unhealthy work patterns. Working for selfish gain. Overworking to impress others. Becoming a workaholic to prove to yourself that you're somebody. There's so many different ways we can get our relationship to work out of the context that God created it for. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus is that he restores our relationship. Through the grace of God, we're restored to our Father in heaven. We're restored in broken relationships to others. And we can be restored even to things like our relationship to work. It can become filled with a divine purpose. Well, there's no higher purpose than working for God. Who's your boss? <laughs> Who's your real HR department? <laughs> Isn't it God? <laughs> he, he, that's who we work for. What a, what a cool thing. God is my boss. Well, you're like, well, now that's going to be easy. No, no, no. Now you're working for somebody who sees you all the time. You could slack off in some break room in the back corner where you work and your boss might not catch you. But God sees everything that you do. So now, now there's a higher standard. But it's a good thing because you have a grace-filled God who, who knows you and he knows what you're good at. And he knows how to place you perfectly in the right position. You ever had a job you feel like, man, this is not for me. I'm not... I'm not using my abilities. I'm not enjoying what I do because I'm not passionate about it. I don't know if I can accomplish this. See, God is, is so perfect at placing us in the right work because he knows exactly what he created us for. He knows what we're good at. He knows our potential better than anyone. He believes in us and he equips us. He empowers us through his Holy Spirit to fulfill his work through us. And there's no greater work than working for God. And you can do that work through many different careers. 
Whatever it is that God has called you to and equipped you for, listen, it's an important work. And there's, there's power when we work for God because our work becomes no ordinary work. It becomes work with purpose, eternal purpose. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, Always be prepared. You know how I talked about God's prepared us for a work, but did you know that he also wants us to be prepared? Listen, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We've been given hope in Christ. Hope for the future. That no matter what this life is like, the best truly is yet to come. We, we have so much to look forward to for all of eternity. And even in this life, walking with God, even through valleys, we have the presence and companionship of an almighty God, the friendship with the heavenly father who will never forsake us. What an amazing thing to look forward to every day, even on the challenging days. God, I look forward to seeing how you provide and protect and guide and lead me through these dark valleys. And the mountaintops, there's no mountaintop higher than being on a mountaintop with God. The views are incredible because you can see from God's perspective things that you can never see with your own eyes. And I was talking to a friend just this last week. We were sharing a meal together and the conversation just came up naturally. And we were talking about how much we enjoy Florida. We love living where we live. And it's such a beautiful place. People come from all over the world to vacation here where we live. We have water, abundant, lots of green grass and flowers and white sand beaches. It's truly an amazing place. But God really, I believe the Holy Spirit just spoke this into my heart. And, and the words came out, but it, it felt like it was God speaking through me. And it really just, it spoke to me even as I said it. But we were talking about how much you can enjoy it. And even people who are not believers in Jesus can enjoy the amazing sunsets. They can enjoy nature. And you don't have to believe in God to enjoy the, the abundant, beautiful things around us. But, but what I said is, you know, it's kind of like a, a woman who opens up a box of chocolates on Valentine's Day. She goes out to the store and she sees it and opens it up and she eats it. It tastes amazing. It tastes amazing. But how much better does it taste when it's given to her by somebody that she loves? Her husband, a boyfriend, hands it to her and, and out of love, this great gift is given to her and she opens it up and, and takes a bite out of it and eats it. It's the same chocolate. It tastes good in the same way that it would have tasted good if she would have eaten it by herself. But now it's, it's filled with more than caramel inside. It's, it's filled with something sweeter than what she's tasting in her mouth. It's, it's backed by love. It's backed by beauty of this relationship. It means something. There's someone on the other end of this gift. And yes, you can live a life here on earth where there's, where there's moments of happiness. But you can never discover the depths of joy that you can have when you're walking in a relationship with God. Because everything that you experience, everything that you get to do in life is backed by your relationship with God. It's a gift from Him. So even though you may enjoy your work when you're not following Jesus, and you may hustle and grind and, and find success in life and feel good about it, and rewards may come, it will never match, it will never match the feeling and, and the, the meaning that comes from working for God. Because when you work for God, when you're in relationship from him, with Him, every good thing in your life you realize is a gift from your Heavenly Father. Every good 
and perfect gift is from above. And you recognize that this truly is a gift from my creator. It's from him. And so my work is a gift from him. My relationships are a gift from him. Nature is a gift from him. Every good thing in my life is a gift from him, and it all points back to him. And he, God wants me to give it back to him as a, as a gift of worship. So we can never find, we can never find our best life outside of a full life in Jesus Christ. And that includes our work. That includes our work. You'll never enjoy your work as much as you will when you're, you're in full relationship with Jesus. And then whatever you do, he redeems it and you do it for him. He's, he's your boss. You're, you're working for him to please him. It's our gift to him. And he tells us there in 1 Peter 3.15 to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone for the hope that we have. You know, the, the work of sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus is the greatest the greatest, bar none, the greatest work that we can engage in. There's no work greater. There's no work greater than sharing the good news of Jesus with people that we love. There's just no more important work. And he says to be prepared. God says, I've prepared you for good works, and I want you to be prepared to share the hope that I've given you. And so in whatever words that, that you can, in whatever ways that you can, share, share the message of hope that you have. And you say, well, I don't, I don't know what to say. Well, maybe, maybe you need to dive a little deeper in your own personal relationship with God and, and ask some hard questions. Why don't I know why I am so filled with hope? Because when you truly discover the hope in Jesus, man, it's, it's, it's there, it's present. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have to study and plan and, and strategize on how best to communicate it, but but if, if you've been transformed by the grace of God and you personally truly understand that you were meant or you were headed for hell without Christ, that you were headed for eternal punishment, being separated from a loving God because of your rebellion and rejection of his grace because of your sin, and, th and then you discover Jesus and his forgiveness, his complete and full forgiveness that's not based on your work, that's not based on what you do, and you're forgiven and made free from sin, and you have a friendship with your Father in heaven, once you discover that hope, I mean, you better have something to say about that. That's, that's incredible. There's no better news on earth. And so always be prepared. So what is it that you're so grateful for? What has God done in your life lately? If you're walking closely with God and you're, you're praying on a regular basis for God to provide and God to answer prayers, and, and then, you, then you have some answered prayers in your life. Man, if you're, if you're building your life on Jesus, then, then any good thing in your life is a reflection of his goodness. And you surely have something that you can share about the goodness of God. And so, so always be prepared for this work of sharing the good news. It's part of the work that you were created for. It's part of your purpose. And, and here's what's amazing. In your workplace, whatever your career, you have an opportunity to in some way share this good news of Jesus. So when you're, when you're prepared, when you're always prepared to share that hope, God's going to give you opportunities. Now you say, I'm not allowed to talk about faith in my workplace. Maybe so. Maybe so. But you can build relationships in the workplace that transcend the eight to five hours that you work. And you can spend time outside of the workplace with others. And when others see your integrity, when they see the person that you are and how you live your life, I'm telling you, they're going to they're gonna message you after hours and they're going to ask you questions. They're going to call you up. They're going to want to hang out with you. There's going to be opportunities. It might be at a work party. It might be some opportunity. But I'm telling you, 
you will have opportunities, whether it's at your workplace or through what you do in the community. But if you keep your eyes open for it, God will give you an opportunity to share the work that he's done in you. And that's part of the work that you were created for. It's part of your purpose is to share the hope of Jesus. 2 Timothy 4.2 lets us on to more of our purpose, more of the work that we were created for. It says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. You thought preaching was just for somebody that had a microphone in their hand. Somebody that flew across the ocean to be a missionary. No, you don't need to have a microphone or be a missionary to be on mission. God has called you to be on mission, to share his word with others, to instruct, to teach, to correct. Our role as believers is to get in the game. Listen, there is so much sidelined potential here. There's, there's so much that God wants to do through those who will say, I'm going to step out on the field of the kingdom of God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in the game. And God, however you want to use me, I'm available. Put me in the position you need me to be in so we can win the game. Because the ultimate win is for more people to come to saving faith in, in Jesus, for, for God to be pleased with how we live our life, for him to use your life, to do great work through your life for his kingdom, to build up his church, his, his body, the body of Christ. That's, that's the win. And we get to be on the team, the winning team. We know in the end there will be victory. We know there will not be victory in every life. We know lives are perishing all around us. But God has given us an opportunity to speak into and set examples for and to shine light into our communities and relationships. And part of that restoration that God wants to bring through our work is to help restoring others to a relationship with him. It's an amazing work. Preach the word, it says. Be prepared, it says. You know, I just wish that somebody today would, just even one person, catch a vision. If just somebody could catch a vision today for what God could do through their life, through your life. If you would just say, God, I'm available. I'm sick of living for me. I'm sick of living for a paycheck. I'm sick of living for the pleasure of man and to please others. And God, I want to live for you. God, I want to see you use my life in ways beyond what I can imagine. I want you to work through me to impact other lives, to change heaven. God, I want to see you use me to change what I see here on earth. I want you, God, to bring your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven through me. What, what would God do if you set your heart on that vision, said, God, I want a kingdom vision, not my own vision. God, I want to live for your glory, not my glory. God, I, I want to see you work through me to impact others' lives through the work of my hands. Whatever it is that I do. Some of you already think, well, I need to go get a different job because my job doesn't have any potential. My job is not ministry. Listen, whatever it is that, that God has put in front of you to do now, that's, that's what's in your hand. And what God's wanting you to do is, is to hand it over to him and say, God, here's what I'm doing. Would you, would you use me here? Would you use me in whatever work is in my hand? And, and if he wants to redirect you to something else, you just be open to that. And, and as you pray, he's not trying to trick you. My dad would always say, he said, like, God is not trying to trick you, Brandon. I'm trying to figure out what God wants to do in your life. He's not trying to trick you. You just, you just one step at a time, you just, you just keep following him. You just keep praying. You just be faithful at what you're doing. God will, God will lead you on what's next tomorrow. You just you trust him now. And he told me that so many times growing up. And, and I just trust God that he's not trying to trick me. He's not trying to get me so confused I can't figure out which way is up. But just he wants me to be faithful whatever he's put in my hand today. 
What's in your hand? What relationships? What opportunities? What career? What work has he put before you that you can surrender to him and say, God, would you just use me? Would you just use me here now? I want to be used by you. Parents, I know that it's work to raise kids. And some of you might be tired today. You might be weary. You might be exhausted. Because you've been working hard raising those kids and cleaning the house and doing the laundry and (laughs) washing the dishes and mowing the yard and paying the bills. And you're exhausted. And I want to point you to a powerful verse today. Luke 21, 19. It says, stand firm and you will win life. Stand firm and you will win life. Jesus said, come to me, all those of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. You just, you stand firm in the Lord. Just, just come to him. He'll, he'll restore you. He'll give you the rest you need. He'll empower you for the work that's in front of you. And what an amazing thing to be about kingdom work. You say, well, I don't, I don't know how to be about kingdom work. I don't, I don't know how I can. I've tried to use my, my work that I do in my career to be a light to others. And when I can, I might invite a friend to church or I might share my faith. But, but I, I, wanna, I want to do more. And where I'd point you, those of you who are hungry to invest in God's kingdom, here's where it begins and ends. It's, it's always with people. It's always with people. Why don't you pull Maybe a younger believer. It doesn't matter to be even younger in age, but a younger believer who's been following the Lord maybe uh, less time than you or maybe they're less spiritually mature than you. And just, just start praying for them. Start investing in your life, sharing what you're learning. Spend some time listening to the struggles, speak into the challenges of their life. Mentoring is a powerful thing. I know it's transformed my life. You know, maybe it's gathering together in a more formal capacity, uh, a smaller group of people. We call them... In our ministry, we call them life groups, a group of people committed to an experiencing life in Christ together as a group. And they're together in this life group, experiencing life together in Christ. And, and there's a leader or leaders in that group who are, who are investing their life, their time, their energy into these people. Might be a half a dozen, might be 15 people, but they're just pouring their life into these people week in and week out. Might even be on a monthly basis, whatever you got time for, but just, just pull some people around. Get a vision. I mean, it could, it could be so many different things. A life group could be an in-depth Bible study in your home where you open up your home once, twice, three, four times a month, and you invite people over, set some snacks out, and you, you teach them the Bible. What, what a powerful way to invest your life in any one of those lives. We could just go on and, and change their family and, and all their future generations of their family just by your investment in them. One, one of those members of your group could go on and, and transform the world. They could do some great things for God that, that they might have lived for themselves and for the world, but because of your influence and investment, they might go on and transform other lives, something you might never even meet. What, what an exponential multiplication of your life to invest in other lives for God's kingdom. And it's, it's amazing. God's word will not return void. You, you just teach them his word, and what, what a powerful result. You might want to start a more evangelistic group. Maybe say, I want to start a sports group and gather some people from the community and get together and let some believers from my church rub off on from, uh, my friends from my workplace that don't know Jesus. And what, what a cool idea. I mean, that, that's a very purposeful and powerful group. We had, we had one group of guys that got together and they went out and they went fishing. They went to the beach and made a meal together, spent some time just hanging out. Guys spending, spending guy time. Just heard of that in the last few weeks. I thought that was a really 
good example of what it means to experience life together. We had one group a ways back that was probably one of my favorite stories ever. Toward the beginning of our time starting church experience, we had one group who said, hey, we want to be on mission and we want to go out to a nursing home where people are lonely and we're going to throw them a prom. And they threw a prom with these, with these folks in the nursing home to show them that they're not alone, that they're cared for. Man, what a cool story. One of my favorite pictures from that I still have is a picture of this, this 20-something He's like 6'2", 6'3". He's a tall dude. One of my good friends, I literally just talked to him this last weekend. And he's, he's there dancing with this 70-something-year-old shorter woman. And, and he's dancing with her at this prom. And I mean, I mean, when's the last time that someone went out of their way to show her love that she mattered? And, and this group got together and said, hey, we, we're going to be about a mission. And, and this is our mission this week is to go show these people that, that they matter, that they, that they matter to God and they matter to us. But, you know, raising kids, uh, mothers, it's Mother's Day weekend, and, and, and raising kids is a, is a divine purpose that sometimes can be exhausting, and sometimes you don't always see the purpose in it week to week when you're taking the trash out and changing diapers and cleaning up the messes and brushing their little baby teeth, and you're trying to, trying to raise these young kids, and you're exhausted. And I would just say to you parents, especially those of you who are raising real young kids, like, listen, it's going to get better. You just, you just keep training them to be godly kids. You just keep investing in your life, and man, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I know right now you're flat exhausted and you're tired and you don't know which way is up half the time. And you put your shirt on and realize you put it on backwards. And like you're just so exhausted. Listen, like God's, God's, God's with you in your work. It's got a divine purpose. As it says in Luke 21, 19, let me read that again. Stand firm. Stand firm and you will win life. You will win life. But it's a lot of work, isn't it? It's a lot of work when you get a vision. It's a lot of work when you have a dream. And, and between the prayer that you're praying and the payoff, the fulfillment of the vision, you know what's in that gap between the prayer and the payoff? is hard work. What is it between the dream that you have and the destination that you're looking forward to? What, what's in that gap? It's hard work. It's a lot of work. I remember having a dream when I was 16 years old. I wanted my first car. And my buddy was selling a car for 500 bucks. And so I'm like, I can pull together a few hundred bucks. And I went and got a job that summer in a furniture factory. I showed up at 6 a.m. while all my friends were sleeping in until 10 and going to the beach. And I was in this sweaty factory loading semi-trucks in the heat of summer, hearing these people that I worked with, these much older people, were saying all kinds of things that I didn't want to be hearing and playing music that I didn't like. And, and I wasn't having a lot of fun at my work, but I had a purpose I had a purpose, I had a reason I was going to get that vehicle. And I worked. And the dream came true. And I got my, I got my first car, a Honda Civic. It was old and beat up, but it drove. And I was so happy. 500 bucks. Can you believe that? 500 bucks. I bought it from a friend and got stuck in a snowbank there in Michigan. And I was trying to get out and I redlined it and blew the engine in my first vehicle when I was 16 years old. And man, that's going to be disappointing sometimes when you work hard and you don't see the result that you want. You're sweating and toiling and laboring. Listen, to get to the dream, to get to the destination, there is, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of prayer before you see that payoff. There's a lot of labor. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. But I want to share a verse with you today that's been a powerful verse for me. And I hope it's one that allows you to worship God and through your work in a different way. And it's 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 31, it says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Did you see that? 
whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's how you find purpose in your work. Brandon, how do I find purpose in what I do? Because I'm not enjoying my work. I'm not into my work. My work is hard. How do I find purpose in it? I don't know how I can use it as a ministry. I don't even work with anybody else. I'm working at home now because of the pandemic. So I don't even have coworkers that I can reach out to. And, and my computer's always breaking down. I don't enjoy my work. How do I find purpose, Brandon? Answer that question for me. Listen, I don't have to answer it for you. God's word answers it for you. And here it is. Write this down. I can worship through my work. I can always worship through my work. Hey, God, I'm here stuck in this back corner doing something I don't want to do, but God, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to give my best at this job. You know, I have these coworkers that are always complaining and bad attitudes, and I'm underpaid and overworked. Listen, you can show up for God, not for them. You can show up not because you have a job, but because you have a God. And you can show up and bring excellence, and you can smile, and you can work beyond anything anyone else asks you to do. You can give your very best, and you can do it not for yourself, not for anybody else, but you can do it for God. It's your worship to God, and that's how you find purpose. That's how you find purpose in whatever your work is. That great hero of our faith and hero of our country who helped right a lot of wrongs in our country when it comes to racial justice. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., someone I would aspire to even be partially like. What an amazing person for every preacher to aspire to be like. What a, what a great example. And listen to what he said. He said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or as Beethoven composed music or as Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. I love that quote of his. He's got so many great quotes, but that's one of my favorites. Man, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. He picked like the lowest position. You just out there sweeping streets. This doesn't matter. Clean up everybody else's messes. I'm cleaning toilets, Brandon. Man, I'm cleaning up after my coworkers. I'm cleaning the building at night. Listen, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Worship through your work. That's how you find purpose when you're Cleaning those dishes, do it for the Lord. I know the kids need to have their lunch ready in the morning, and I know they need to have clean clothes. You're doing it for them, I get it, but do it for God. God, I'm doing this for you. I'm raising these kids for you. I'm praying while I'm working. I'm praying for them. I'm praying for our family. I'm doing it because there's a great purpose, and I'm doing it for you. God, I'm worshiping through my work. It changes everything. What if you went to work this Monday and you showed up for God, not for your employer. Now, you're going to respect and honor your employer, but you showed up for God. Man, your employer, is, you're going to get their intention. You might even get a raise by next month. You're going to say, what happened? <laughs> they really showed up. They brought their best. And I don't even get it because if I was doing their job, I wouldn't be doing it like that. But they're doing it better than anyone can imagine. And you're doing things that no one else even sees. You might never get credit for it, but you're doing it your best because you're doing it for the one who sees everything. You're doing it for your Father in heaven. You're working for him. You're, you're worshiping through your work. Well, because God wants to trust us with so much, sometimes he tests us with little. And those who are faithful with little will be entrusted with more. And if you're faithful with little, you'll probably be fruitful with more. And God knows that. And he gives us opportunities to show him that we can work well with whatever work he gives us. And when you're faithful to do your work well before God, and man, you will usually be given greater, more important, more expansive work to do when you do it with all your heart. 
You know, every mom's a little different. The mother that is in our home, Jennifer, which I am so thankful for. Happy Mother's Day, Jennifer. You are uh, the love of my life and have done an amazing job raising our four little children. I love getting to do that work with you. You do it like nobody I know, and I'm so thankful for you. And, and Jennifer, when she wants to take care of our, our family, our home, our kids, one of the ways that she shows love, she's a gift giver. One of the gifts that she gives is she loves to do interior design. She cleans, she helps, all those things around the house too, but she, she loves to design our home. And whether it's painting a wall or, or fixing something up or modernizing it or improving it, that's the, one of the, the ways that she shows love and prepares our home for whoever enters it. The mother that I grew up with, my mom, and my mom is always watching our messages, so I can say happy Mother's Day to you today, Mom. I love you so much. You are an incredible mom. I'm so grateful God gave me the perfect mother for me growing up and still today and, and all the ways that you have loved, supported me, wrote letters to me in school. Uh, get, to get through school, uh, you reach out and call and, and love on our family. It's, I'm amazed. So happy Mother's Day, Mom. And uh, my, my mom... Maybe your mom was like this, the way that she showed us love, one of the ways, she did all those other things too, but she would, she would always clean our house so well. I just remember my mom always cleaning and preparing. And it didn't matter if neighbors were coming over or friends from church or if nobody was coming over, she was always around the house and still to this day, it's all, it always looks immaculate. She's always cleaning something, polishing something, fixing it up, making it look nice. And it's just the way that she, she prepares. And I think I got that from her because I enjoy cleaning up our house and getting things in order and putting them where they go. Hey, kids, put those shoes away. Put them where they're going. And I just, I love seeing things in order and, and put together. And every, every mother, every parent they have a different way of caring for their, their children, their family, and kids, whatever God has put in their life to care for. And, and you know, for some of you, you might be in a situation where you're, you're caring for others, and, and it's, uh, it's discouraging. It's, you're maybe not seeing the result. You know you're doing the right things, but you're not seeing the fruit of it yet. Maybe you're investing in your children, and they, they have yet to come to faith, or maybe they strayed away from faith, or maybe you're, you're working hard and you're laboring at the work that God's put in your hands to do, but it's, it's not going well, or you're exhausted. And, and I want to share with you another verse from, from 1 Corinthians that has been, for me, a powerful verse these last years. And it's a, a verse that I believe, if you hold on to this while you work, it will, it will give you extra strength. It will remind you why you're doing what you do. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. It says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know, I used to think that this verse was kind of for preachers. Those who are doing... God's work as a vocation. So I always took that, I'm a, I'm a preacher, so I said, hey, God's speaking right to me. Hey, keep doing the work of the Lord. It matters. Those who are serving at church, hey, our work, the work of the Lord matters. But what I'm trying to say to you today is your work, no matter what you do, if you do it for the Lord, your work is a work for the Lord. Now you have a special emphasis on your work, making it a work that can expand God's kingdom and share the gospel and all that. We've covered that ground. But, but your work, listen, stand firm in it. You're doing it for the Lord. And as you work for the Lord and whatever work he's given you to do, as you, as you look for opportunities to be used by God and, and you, you're busy doing what you're doing well and you're doing it for God, listen, it's not in vain. It's not in vain and God will reward you for the work of your hands. Well, I want to close today's message with I have one more lesson I want to share with you just briefly. And I, and I want to read it from a very special uh, section of verses that Jesus shared 
about a work that he's doing on your behalf. And I think this is going to maybe for some be the most encouraging part of this message as we close. And it's Jesus' own words from John chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. Verse 2, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? Look at this. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Did you see that? Did you notice what Jesus is doing? He is busy preparing a place for you so that when you finish your race here on earth, when you finish your work here on earth, you can go to be with him and you can see all the amazing work that he's been doing all this time, preparing a place for you. So here on earth, he's prepared a work for you, but in heaven, he's working to prepare a place for you. And here's the lesson, I hope you'll write this down, is that Jesus is working on my future as I rest in his work. See, I don't want you, you to get the idea that this whole message has been about your work. We're talking about our work because it's an important part of our lives, but, but it's not all about your work. Look at, that, look at that lesson point again. Jesus is working on my future as I rest in his work. It's not really about our work in the end. God's given us work to do. We're co-workers with God. We have an important work that has purpose to it, but it's not about our work. It's about Jesus' finished work on the cross. His work that he did for you when he died on the cross and he stretched out his arms and they drove spikes through his hands and he willingly gave his life so you could find life not based on your own work, not based on your religious work, not based on how many good things you did or did not do. Now, it wasn't about how good you were. It wasn't about how good your work was. No, it's something so much better than that. It's about Jesus' finished work for you on the cross. That's how we receive the forgiveness and the grace of God. That's how we get to one day when we finish our work here on earth, get to go to heaven and experience the abundance and the beauty of the work that he's been doing to prepare a place for us for all of eternity. And I hope that you will get to experience that great work of God because he does a great work in your heart through his finished work on the cross. And you can receive it, not by your work, not by how faithful you are at your work, but by how faithful he was to finish his work on the cross for you because he loves you. And if you'll receive him, if you've never received him before, and you'll receive him today, you'll see God work in your life in ways that you can never imagine. And no matter how much you try to work for it and fix your life up for it, don't, don't wait because you'll never get to a place where you fix it up enough to impress God. He already loves you. And he just wants you to draw close and surrender, bow your knee and say, God, I accept your finished work on the cross. Come get to work in my life. And those of us who have received him, listen, he's not finished with you. It says he's going to be working until the day of completion. He's, he's busy working in your life. He's going to work through your life. You get to work with him. So you get busy. Get working on his kingdom work. Work that matters. Doing it for a purpose. Doing it for him. Right on? Right on. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you for your work that you're doing in our lives. God, we see it. We're experiencing it. We see your work through us. And as we get to work, 
This coming week, we pray that, Lord, you'll work through us in our parenting. You'll work through us in our friendships. God, work through us in our careers and work through us in everything that you put in our hand to do. God, may we do it with all of our heart because we're doing it for you. Whatever we do, whether we eat or drink and labor, whatever it is that we do, God, may we do it all for you because, God, you are worthy of all of our work. You're worthy of all of our worship. God, you're worthy of everything that we can give you and then so. But God, we thank you that we don't have to work to get your attention. In fact, Jesus, you were the one that went to work. You came here to this earth and you finished your work on the cross so that it doesn't have to be about what we've done. It's about what you've done, Jesus, on the cross. So Jesus, we thank you for your finished work that's allowed us to come into a relationship with you. And right now, while we're praying, there may be someone who's saying, I, I've never received the finished work of Jesus. I've never been forgiven of my sins, truly. I believe in God, but I've never really received him and given my life to him. I'm really still trying to work and press God. I'm trying to go to enough services and do enough good things to get God's attention. I'll just say to you right now, until you receive the finished work of Jesus in your heart, you'll never see all the work that God wants to do in your life and the way he wants to do it. So right now, in your own way, just say, Jesus, Forgive me of my sins. I believe in you as my Savior. I receive you today as my Lord and my God. Please go to work in my life. Go to work in my life. And God, we're praying that for all of us, that you would just continue your work in us. And may you fulfill all the work through us that you want to do for your kingdom and for your glory and by your power. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Love for me. 
good. And remember to check back to churchexperience.tv slash connect if you want to get connected in any of our serving teams or life groups or find out more information about Church Experience. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.